Welcome back to Read with Laura Joy. I'm Laura Joy Lloyd, your host and author of the stories we read here. This is interactive, serialized fiction, where there's always more to the story and readers influence what happens next. In today's episode, we'll read the Wren Island series, part three, scene 36. First, let's recap what happened in the previous episode. Everyone on Wren Island had an opinion about whether to worry or not about Allison. Through somewhat convoluted circumstances, it happened so fast. Hack somehow learned where Allison's boat was, even though the information wasn't public. Macy worried about this, then chided herself for worrying. She was probably just overreacting again, even though Virgil also seemed concerned. Then Hack took off for Alaska. Shasta and Ralph disappeared into the forest again. Amelia, Virgil, and Ed went to work putting in some fence posts to act as guides along the road and trails. Louise followed Macy into the house, through the front entry, of course, and when Jax arrived with a loaf of fresh bread, Macy offered lunch to the teenage boy. Now, we'll find out what's happening with Allison. Help has supposedly arrived, but Allison's feeling more and more creeped out by the guy, Lester, and more and more worried about the teenage girl, Maddie. We'll read for about six minutes. Here we go. The Wren Island Series by Laura Joy Lloyd, Part 3, Scene 36 On the dock, Allison peered into the water around the pilings. Her phone was down there somewhere. She could dive in after it. Wouldn't that icy water feel good right now? Put out the fire rolling around inside. Lester hopped onto his own boat, a rickety cargo hauler that must have seen better days long, long ago. Get in. We'll come back for your cruiser later. Uh Uh-uh. No way was she going anywhere with this guy. She hobbled the final distance to her own boat, climbed aboard with Maddie's help, stood at the helm, lost her balance, and crashed to the deck. Like being crushed under a snowplow. That's how it felt. Not that she'd ever been. But if she ever was in the future, she would already know how it felt. Oh, wasn't that so funny to think about. She knew how it felt to be crushed under a snowplow. Ha ha ha. She waited for the pain to ease. It didn't. With Maddie's help, she pulled herself upright again. All she had to do now was navigate back home. Back home to... Back home to... Where was she going? Oh, yes. Wren Island. She managed what she hoped was a convincing goodbye wave. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Lester untied his boat. Get in, Maddie, lest you want to be left behind again. The girl shrieked, scrambled out of Allison's boat and untied it, then hopped into Lester's boat just before it roared off. As her boat bobbed in the wake left by Lester's departure, Allison fought for balance and stared at her navigational equipment. Drive a boat. Drive a boat to Wren Island. First, untie from the dock. Done, thanks to her new best friend, Maddie. Would Lester really have left that little girl alone on this remote island? Then make a starboard turn away from the dock with engine power low. Whoops. Keep your balance, Allison. Wouldn't want to fall down again and not be able to get up. Several hundred yards out of the cove, she passed Lester's idling boat. 
He tossed his cigarette into the water and began trailing her, littering the ocean, another demerit. She should radio for help. How to reach the handpiece, though? For balance, she needed to keep one hand on the wheel, and the other hand was useless, attached to a spaghetti arm. She let go of the wheel with her good arm and swiped at the radio handpiece, but accidentally knocked it off its cradle and sent it swinging out of reach. Swing to the right, swing to the left. Oh, her wobbly head. If she bent over to retrieve the handpiece, would she fall again? Nick, look at all that blood on the deck. That was going to be tough to clean up. Lester was still trailing her. Could she lose him? Head to a different island? Cruise around until he gave up? He knew where she lived, though. She was supposed to be going there right now, to that island she called home. She checked her navigation. Wren, that's where she was going. With any luck, that old guy on Wren... What was his name? The one who delivered mail? With any luck, that guy would be on the beach swearing when she arrived. That ought to be enough to scare off Lester. Or that other guy would be around, the pilot with the muscles. Maybe he would swoop down in his float plane and buzz the greasy hair right off Lester's head. Oh, that wasn't very nice of her. Not very nice of her to hope for something bad to happen to someone else. Hair being buzzed off by a float plane would hurt. A lot. Gazillions and gazillions of hurt is how it would feel. Her heart was thumping around again. Strange. Everything inside her felt strange. The boat veered. She corrected. Who? What had happened? Oh, she leaned on the wheel. Probably should try to avoid doing that. The pounding inside her head was going to make her throw up. What a job cleaning the deck was going to be. Maybe instead of throwing up, she'd just pass out. Less mess. Wren Island, finally, her own beautiful dock in sight. Lester arrived first, though. How'd he do that? Lester stepped off his boat, barked at Maddie to tie up, and poked his head into the boathouse. Maddie tied up Lester's boat, then Allison's. That big house up there yours? He strode off the dock, up the beach, toward the house. Her house. Where was everyone? No male guy swearing on the beach. No float plane pilot buzzing over. No ants, no dogs, nobody. How could they not see she'd returned? How could they not see her bright yellow boat? That creep was going to walk right into her house without having been invited. Of all the nerve, were her ants inside? Baking brownies? Painting toenails? Peering through a magnifying glass? This called for emergency action. She was still on the water, right? So sound the horn. Five short blasts. The universal boating signal for danger. Put your hands over your ears, Maddie. This is going to be loud. One, two, three, four, five. What if they didn't hear the signal the first time? She couldn't reach the horn anymore, though, now that she was slumped on the floor. The sticky, icky floor. She lifted a hand, stared at it. Was it even hers? Maddie? Five short blasts again? One, two, three, four, five. Maddie kneeled close, squish, squish, placed a light hand on Allison's back. Lester didn't think anybody would be around. Somebody's talking to him now, and people are running over here. You've sure got lots of friends. In Maddie's voice, a wistfulness. Other voices reached her then, people she loved, coming closer. We just read from the Wren Island series, Part 3, Scene 36. This scene marks the end of Part 3. 
When it was first released, readers razzed me, in a friendly way of course, about ending with yet another cliffhanger. I guess I was so intent on getting Allison home safely, every other concern got pushed to the back burner. Now, though, I realize we may have left our friends on Wren Island in a very precarious situation. Part 4 is already in the works, and readers are influencing it. Thanks so much for joining me here on Read with Laura Joy. I'm Laura Joy Lloyd, your host and author of the stories we read here. To keep reading, subscribe to the podcast or click on my website in the show notes and subscribe to receive my emails. Right away, you'll receive the most recent ebook version of the Rent Island series, and you'll be the first to hear about new developments in the story and opportunities to influence what happens next. This is interactive, serialized fiction. There's always more to the story, and readers influence what happens next. Thanks for reading with me.